Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of God's Little Hummingbird, the podcast where we are reading through the Bible from the beginning to the end, using the original languages as a guide. Now, today we are in Exodus chapter 30, and we are reading from the New King James Version Bible, which you can find online for free at Blue Letter Bible or Bible Hub or one of those similar services. It's all for free right there at your fingertips. So, without any further ado, I pray that Father God would open our eyes to his truth, and let's begin. Now, Chapter 30, verse 1 of Exodus. You shall make an altar to burn incense on. You shall make it of acacia wood. A cubit shall be its length, and a cubit its width. It shall be square, and two cubits shall be its height. Its horns shall be of one piece with it. Now, if we picture this, again, an altar is like a big barbecue grate. And this one is 18 inches wide by 18 inches wide. So it's, it's not too big, this one. This is not the big one on which they offer the animals. And it's about three feet high. So it's a fairly small little altar. Let's keep reading. And it has horns. So again, it has the the points coming out on each corner, which I think symbolizes, of course, the strength again. Verse three, and you shall overlay its top, its sides all around and its horns with pure gold. And you shall make for it a molding of gold all around. So it's like a border of gold. Two gold rings you shall make for it under the molding on both its sides. You shall place them on its sides and they will be holders for the poles with which to bear it. So remember, these rings are attached under the rim and poles go through it so that on each end you can have a priest having two poles, one on their left shoulder and one on their right shoulder, and and then a priest on the other side doing the same thing. And they carry this this altar on their shoulders, on these poles, okay? You shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. And you shall put it before the veil that's before the ark of the testimony, before the mercy seat that's over the testimony where I will meet with you. So this is in front of the veil. Remember the veil separates the holiest place from the sanctuary. And that's before the ark of the testimony, the The ark is like the big hope chest box thing that we talked about. And the mercy seat is the covering. It's literally the word covering (laughs) um, seat that's on top of this box type structure. And where has the cherubim on top of it, remember, where the law is going to be kept in red. Interesting, the very heart of God, it's his law. How dare anybody speak against it? Let's put it right in the center of this holiest place where he meets with us. Like that's what... That's what he's about. This is who he is. This is the essence of who he is. The law doesn't save us. It's it's who he is. It's the goodness within him. It's our life. It's our it's amazing. How dare anybody speak against it? It's it's just such a beautiful picture. So then we have this little altar of incense that's going to be in front of this. It's before the veil, in front of Lifne. Verse 7. Aaron shall burn on it sweet incense every morning when he tends the lamps. He shall burn incense on it. Now let me point out, I'm sorry, I should clarify. When it says before the veil, that means it's outside of the holiest place, okay? Because the holiest place separates the Ark of the Testimony and this mercy seat or the covering seat, the kippur seat, kippur seat, from the other part of the sanctuary where the showbread is put on the tables and where we see the menorah. So this altar of incense is out in the sanctuary by the menorah and the showbread tables. Okay. 
So let me read verse 7 again. Aaron shall burn on it sweet incense every morning. When he tends the lamps, he shall burn incense on it. Now when we get to the book of Revelation, you're going to see that this the incense is symbolic of the prayers of the saints reaching up to God's ears. It's a beautiful picture. And when Aaron lights the lamps at twilight, or Ravim, between the evenings, he shall burn incense on it, a perpetual incense before Yahweh throughout your generations. So you don't let this go out. You let those prayers continue to go. So if you get woken up in the middle of the night, and it's your call, light that incense, <laughs> and you start praying, and then there's somebody else probably going to pick up the next hour. So just keep that fire always burning to God with his saints praying to him. Verse 9. You shall not offer strange incense on it, or a burnt offering, or a grain offering, nor shall you pour a drink offering on it. Okay, so this is the one that is only for this incense, okay? So you can't put an animal on here. Does that make sense? Now, the word strange here is zur, and it means to become estranged, or another, or a foreign, or of an enemy, or loathsome. So it has to be what God commanded for this altar. Verse 10, and Aaron shall make atonement upon its horns once a year with the blood of the sin offering of atonement. Once a year, he shall make atonement upon it throughout your generations. It must be holy to Yahweh. So once a year, he has to cleanse it. And not that, and not that that actually cleanse it. Remember, it's symbolic again. It's symbolic of remembering that we have to, we're in a continual state of decay and we can backslide so easily that we need to remember to keep clean and holy and constantly rededicate ourselves to the Lord, constantly reconsecrate ourselves. Verse 11, then Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, when you take the census of the children of Israel for their number, then every man shall give a ransom for himself to Yahweh. So basically it's a price of life when you number them, that there may be no plague among them when you number them. This is what everyone among those who are numbered shall give, half a shekel according to the shekel of the sanctuary. A shekel is 20 geras. So remember I talked about before 20 can mean the number of redemption. So a shekel is 20, 20 garaz. I, I don't know, garaz. So it's interesting. I do know they that often in the Hebrew tradition, 20 is linked to redemption. And here's the number, 20, but it technically, I guess, would be 10 garaz would be the redemption value. Anyway, for, the, for here, it's just interesting. I'm just thinking out loud. Sorry. I'll keep reading. The half shekel shall be an offering to Yahweh. Everyone included among those who are numbered from 20 years old and above shall give an offering to Yahweh. So notice those who are redeemed are from 20 on up. But of course, there's that number 20 again. So maybe that's it. When they're, they're redeemed then, that's the redemption value. Verse 15, the rich shall not give more and the poor shall not give less than half a shekel when you give an offering to Yahweh to make atonement for yourselves. And you shall take the atonement money of the children of Israel. So the covering money, the remember atonement means covering. You shall take the atonement money of the children of Israel and shall appoint it for the service of the tabernacle of meeting that it may be a memorial for the children of Israel before Yahweh to make atonement for yourselves. So this money was used, the the shkalim, the shekel, was used for the service of the tabernacle. Verse 17. Then Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, You shall also make a laver of bronze with its base also of bronze for washing. You shall put it between the tabernacle meeting and the altar, and you shall put water on it in it. Okay, so remember, you have the altar in the courtyard, and then you have the tabernacle meeting. And between that now, you put this laver, this bronze, um, I'm sorry, not laver, this bronze, uh, yeah, laver, I'm sorry, the basin, I, the word I was thinking of, but it's like a big bowl, okay? So it's like a big wash tub, and it's for washing. For Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet in water from it. 
So they wash their hands and their feet, symbolically of your hands being clean, doing the right things, and your feet walking in the way. Being clean, not walking in the filth of the earth, but walking, being clean from that filth of the earth, is what I should say. Verse 20. When they go into the tabernacle of meeting, or when they come near the altar to minister, to burn an offering made by fire to Yahweh, they, sh- they shall wash with water lest they die. So if we're going to approach God, we need to be clean. We need to wash our hands, make our deeds clean, and our walk clean. That's a really good picture, guys. Because <laughs> we can't... Yes, he takes us as we are, but he washes us. He, want, he calls us where we are, I should say. And we are to repent from that. We can't stay in it. We have to wash. We have to get clean to come to him. And we wash by reading the word. The word washes our deeds because it helps us to do his ways. And the word also washes our feet because we walk in his ways. Verse 21. So they shall wash their hands and their feet lest they die. And it shall be a statute forever to them, to him and his descendants throughout their generations. Notice this doesn't say just until Messiah comes. It's forever. Moreover, Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, Also take for yourself quality spices. 500 shekels, or shkalim is the plural, of liquid myrrh. Half as much sweet-selling cinnamon, 250 shkalim. 250 shkalim of sweet-smelling cane. So that's the sugar cane. 500 shkalim of cassia, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and a hin of olive oil. And you shall make from these a holy anointing oil, an anointment compounded according to the art of the perfumer. It shall be a holy anointing oil. So the smearing oil. With it you shall anoint the tabernacle of meeting and the ark of the testimony. The table and all its utensils, the lampstand and its utensils, and the altar of incense. The altar of burnt offering with all its utensils, and the laver and its base. You shall consecrate them that they may be most holy. Whatever touches them must be holy or set apart or sanctified, right? And you shall anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may minister to me as priests. And you shall speak to the children of Israel saying, this shall be a holy anointing oil, a set apart smearing oil, a different smearing oil, one that's different than what everybody else has. So this is, this shall be to me a holy anointing oil to me throughout your generations it shall not be poured on man's flesh, nor shall you make any other like it. According to its composition, it is holy and it shall be holy to you. Did you get that? Nobody can make it. Whoever compounds or mixes any like it or whoever puts any of it on an outsider shall be cut off from his people. Wow. So that word cut off means sometimes can mean put to death or it can just mean not a part of the people anymore. This is huge. You cannot make, do not make this anointing oil and try to see what it smells like. Do not. God says this is holy. This is set apart. This is for the priests. This is for, this is for the, the work of the tabernacle utensils, the, the table, the lampstand. This is set apart holy oil used only in God's service. 34, and Yahweh said to Moses, take sweet spices, stacta and onica and galbanum and pure frankincense with these sweet spices, there shall be equal amounts of each. You shall make of these an incense, a compound according to the art of the perfumer, salted, pure, and holy. And you shall beat some of it very fine and put some of it before the testimony in the tabernacle meeting where I will meet with you. It shall be most holy to you. But as for the incense which you shall make, you shall not make any for yourselves according to its composition or how it's made. It shall be to you holy for Yahweh. Whoever makes any like it to smell it, he shall be cut off from his people. Again, don't take these spices and mix them as incense 
they are to be used in the temple. Now, I honestly don't know all of the symbolism in all of these spices, but I know it's there. I do know myrrh is symbolic of death, of being poured out like uh, myrrh, liquid myrrh for him dying to ourselves and and letting that, because they used myrrh to cover the scent of the dead. I also know frankincense represents the prayers of the saints. That's from, um, there's a place in scripture that talks about that in Revelation. I believe it is right now. Off the top of my head, I'm not remembering. But some of these things, I honestly just don't know. But I do know this. We are not to mix this together and smell it or we'll be cut off. So I don't want to do that. It smells amazing though. Like, I mean, my, I'm sorry. It seems like it smells amazing and I can't wait till we get to smell it again, but we don't get to right now. So remember to keep the altar, the fire on the altar of our hearts, this, our, our prayers going up to God continually, guys. Let's cover each other. Let's pray. If God wakes us up, if the Holy Spirit speaks to us, let's pray and let's get that incense rising to the heavens. Have a blessed day, everyone.